Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Good morning, Celebration Church. How is everybody? All right. If y'all came to hear Pastor Brandon, you're going to have to wait till next week. Unless he pushes me off here and says, I'm taking over. It'll be all right. You know, uh, this, before we get started, it's just, we've had a lot going on in uh, our nation, our country. I think I just take time and just, let's just pray for our nation right quick. It just, uh, we need to look up to God. We need to be seeking Him for all of our answers. Amen. Father, we just thank you this morning that, that you are everything we need, that we don't lack in you. And Father, I, I pray for all the leaders of our nation, everyone that's in power, everyone that's just here today, that we just seek you with all of our heart, with all of our mind, everything we have that we focus on you. I know if we do that, that we will see victory. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> We're in a series called Christmas Tags, and this is part three. And today we're going to talk about the everlasting Father and the everlasting Father. You know, it's who we need to look up to. I, I finished up in about 20 minutes, I think, the first service. So Brandon told me to take three times as much time on this one, so you all be happy to hear that. But I thought I was out of time. I was hurrying through, and I'll hurry through. You all don't have to worry. But... uh Let's look in, uh, in Isaiah 9, 6. You know, in the Christmas season, Jesus is that reason for the season. And he is the answer for whatever season of life you're going through. I don't care what you're going through. It doesn't matter. It can be a sickness, uh, you know, financial problems, a marriage problem, you know, kid trouble. It, don't, it doesn't matter. He's the answer. He's the answer. And he'll take you through it if you'll let him. But Isaiah 9, 6 says, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus, Everlasting Father. That may sound kind of strange because you think, well, God, the Father, is the Everlasting Father, and he is. But you cannot separate God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's part of the Trinity. They're one, but yet three different. So it's not contradictory to say Jesus is the everlasting Father. He's also the everlasting Comforter. And what does a Father do? He comforts you. A good Father comforts you. Jesus' character is the same as His Father's. His character is the same. And he's eternally consistent, unchanging, today, and this thing cutting out? Okay. Yeah, it may be me. And Hebrews 1.3 says, Who being the brightness of his glory, talking about Jesus, he is the brightness of his glory, God the Father's glory, and the express image of his person. Thank you, sir and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat at the right hand of the majesty on high. Let me just change it. Yeah. 
All right, can you hear that? All right, this will be totally unique for me. It says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. The express image, what does that mean? Jesus was an exact copy of the Father, an exact copy. When you see Jesus, you've seen the Father. You see the true nature of God, the Father, in Jesus. That's the true nature of God. You know, we hear these stories, oh, God was a mean, vengeful God. No, look at Jesus. If you want to know how God the Father is, look at Jesus. Jesus is the mirror image of a compassionate, loving God. He only said and only did what the Father told him to. He never slapped anybody for going to sleep in church as some of you may do here shortly. <laughs> That'll be Brandon's job. In John 10.30, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. They're inseparable. They're inseparable. He is in the Father. The Father is in Him. You cannot separate them from one another. You cannot separate them. In 1 Corinthians 6, it says when you are united with Christ, that you are one spirit with Christ. You become one with Christ when you're united with Christ. And therefore, you are one with the Father and one with the Holy Spirit. Man, that's just so beautiful, so wonderful. That's who you are when you have Jesus as your Savior. See, Jesus, the everlasting Father, He is love and compassion. He didn't come to condemn us. He came full of grace and mercy. He's everlasting, ever-loving, ever-merciful. And that word everlasting also means everywhere present. Everywhere present. And if he's everywhere present, what is he doing? Is he just waiting to tell you about your sins? Is he just waiting to whack you when you do wrong? No. Everywhere present to remind you of your righteousness in Christ Jesus. Amen? That's who we are. See, a, a loving, everlasting Father loves unconditionally. He supplies us. He instructs us in truth. He provides us with wisdom. He shows us compassion, prepares us for life, welcomes us home. You know, my dad, I've, I've talked about my dad several times. Daddy was a tough guy, and he could be pretty ornery. But you know, one thing with Daddy, he always welcomed me home. He always welcomed me home. He was always glad to see me. And God, the Father, Jesus, the everlasting Father, they're the same way. Always glad to see you. You're always welcome at home. A good father learns from the everlasting Father. If you want to be a good father in your family, learn from the everlasting father. That's how you become a good father. I want to use a little analogy today, if y'all will let me. I want to talk about pickup trucks and the relationship with God. You know, I love a good pickup truck. I always have a four-wheel drive pickup truck, not just any truck. But I like it to be able to take me where I want to go. 
but my game warden truck, I had a ton of them out there. And, I mean, we used ghost trucks. I stayed in four-wheel drive, uh, sometimes days on end, depending on where I was working. But that truck, it was everything to me. It was my transportation. It was protection from the elements. You know, I don't know about y'all, but a game warden, I, I liked the bad weather. If it was snowing and ice and sleet, that's when I'm going to be out because the bad guys think you won't be out in that kind of weather. No, that's, that's when we're out. But I love that. I had protection. I also had communication in that truck because back at, uh, at that time, the sheriff's department radios where I worked because there's a lot of mountains and big canyons. They couldn't always get a hold of me, and I couldn't always get a hold of them. So the game warden department, they put a base radio at my house, and Laurie became my dispatcher at times. When I couldn't reach the sheriff's department, I would call home and get her to call them on the phone and run a check on somebody, run a license plate for me. That's just the way that operated, but that truck was my communication. It also held my supplies, and that truck was loaded to the hilt. There wasn't hardly room for anybody else, but you know, had all my extra ammo, my extra guns, you know, my sleeping bag. We all carried a chuck box full of food because you never knew when you were coming home. Uh, you know, most importantly, I had a small propane stove and a coffee pot. I mean, that coffee pot, you had to have it, you know. There wasn't no Starbucks out there in the middle of Hudspeth County, but you had everything that you needed. Protection, you know, if you got in a in a gunfight, you know, you could get behind the truck, get behind the engine block, you know, have some protection. Or you could maybe jump in it and outrun them. I don't know. I never did. You needed a place to sleep. You know, I slept in that truck multiple times, multiple times, sometimes in the back of it. But, you know, the one thing that I really loved about that truck, it was freedom. It was freedom. There's freedom in Christ. There is freedom. And when things weren't going real well, I hate to tell this on myself, but sometimes, you know, things weren't good at home. And it might be 1030 at night. I just walk outside and crank up my truck and go to work because I, I didn't have a set schedule. But I'm going to tell you what, there is freedom in Christ. You don't have to go get in the truck and drive off. You go to him. You go to him and you'll find all the freedom you need. Amen. As an everlasting father, Jesus is our transportation through life. He is your transportation. He provides you everything you need. He leaves nothing untouched. You know, there's danger outside of the truck. There's danger outside of that game warden truck. I'm going to tell you what, there's danger outside of God. When you get out of God's truck, you're placing yourself in danger out there where I worked, we had a lot of rattlesnakes. You know, when I was in the truck, I had protection. I'd back over them. I'd spin out over them. I'd slide the tires over them. I don't like rattlesnakes. But, you know, when I got out of the truck from not paying attention, that's where you get bit. You need to quit getting out of the truck. That's our problem a lot of times. We get in and out, in and out. We never stay with it. We're confused. When we do that, stay in the truck. Stay in the truck. A good father will tell you to stay in the truck. God the Father will tell you to stay in him. 
Jesus will say, stay in the Father. I'll tell you a story. I had a couple of friends. One of them was a deputy sheriff. The other one was a farmer. The deputy's name was Bob. He was an older guy. He's pretty much a character. But anyway, he called the farmer one day on his cell phone. The farmer's name was Breck. Anyway, his little boy answers the phone. And he says, Jim Breck? Yes, sir. He said, uh, where's your dad? He said, he's on the tractor. He said, well, can you get him for me? No, sir. Well, why not? Well, he told me to stay in the truck. He told me to stay in the truck. You need to stay in the truck. That was good advice for that little boy. See, when he got outside the truck, he could wander off. He could get hurt. But he listened to his father. He wasn't leaving that truck. It didn't matter who called. We need to be that way. We need to be that way. See, Jesus provides everlasting supply, everlasting life, everlasting honor and wisdom, everlasting love. He will never leave us or forsake us. He will never leave you. That, that's one thing, a scripture I've held on many a time when things weren't going good. He will never leave me or forsake me. Never. You know, I, I heard a story about a guy one time. He was talking to his girlfriend on the phone. And he was telling her how much he loved her. And he just said, you know, I would climb the highest mountain just to be there with you. I'd swim the deepest river just to be there with you. Matter of fact, I'd be there with you right now if it wasn't raining. <laughs> That's a fair-weather boyfriend. <laughs> but you know, God is not a fair-weather God. He's a God through the storms. He is a God through the storms. I thought of a, another story. I was up in the Sierra Diablo mountain range working one day, and it was cold, cold, cold. And I had a brand-new 95 Dodge truck. And I'd stopped on the side of a, a canyon, and I was looking across at something over here that caught my attention. And anyway, when I went to start the truck back, it wouldn't start. And I messed with it and couldn't get it to start, and so I put it in neutral. This was dumb. I put it in neutral, and I coasted down to the bottom. I had to stand on the brake because the brakes are power brakes, so you don't have power when the truck ain't running. I stood on that brake, got it plumbed down to the bottom, and now I'm in the bottom of the canyon, but I needed to get it to where I could look at it. So I open the hood, and I stand on the bumper, and I'm looking and looking and looking, and I cannot find what's wrong. The truck just wouldn't, it wouldn't even turn over. It wouldn't even make a noise. And I was so frustrated, and I was praying about it. And finally, I crawled underneath the truck, and I'm just laying there on my back looking up, and lo and behold, I see a wire hanging off the transmission. It, it's the wire that keeps you from starting it in any gear except park or neutral. I didn't know what it was. I just saw it hanging there. And I plugged it in, got up in there, and boom, it started right up. Man, I was praising God. I was so thankful because I was looking at a three- or four-hour hike to the nearest phone. I was so thankful. But, you know, when you're in a storm, you need to look up. You need to quit looking down. You need to look up. That's where your answer is. Look up. There are many benefits to staying in Jesus, staying in the everlasting Father. So you may ask me, well, how, how do I do that? Well, there's 
there's several ways, and they're all pertinent and they all help. Number one is just talking to Him. Just spend time in prayer. And prayer is not a fancy thing. You, you don't have to talk the King James language or go back and talk in the Hebrew or the Greek. It's simply just talking like you would talk to someone in your family. That's what prayer is. And God is interested in what you want. He's interested in what you have to say. He's not going to turn his back and say, I ain't interested in that. That's not the way he is. But we do that talking to him, reading his word. When you read his word, he will speak to you. He will tell you things. He will explain things to you. He also, when you're listening to his word, you can pull a lot of things out. I would encourage you all listen to people preaching. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, or, or just get you some CDs or something that's just Scripture reading. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Speak His Word over you. Speak it to your situation. There's something beautiful, and it builds your faith when you speak His Word over your life. Amen? These things are called renewing your mind. That's all it is. It's renewing your mind to what the Word of God says. So important. In Ephesians 1.3, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, blessed us with every spiritual blessing. The spiritual blessings are divine privileges and resources available to you right now. They're available to you right now by faith. You don't need them when you get in heaven. You need them now. But he's provided those to us. It says, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It's all in Christ, the everlasting Father. Renew your mind. Seek him first, and the blessings will come. You know, so many times we get in a jam, and we seek the blessing instead of the blesser. We need to seek the blesser first. Focus on Him. The blessings will come. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In Him, in Jesus, we have redemption through the blood, His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Stay in Him. That's where you have your redemption. You know, the world didn't redeem you. Your friends don't redeem you. Only Jesus has redeemed you. You know, sometimes... We need to stay in the truck and lock the doors. We need to lock the doors. I'll tell you a quick story. Back in mid-'80s, I had a 75 Ford pickup, a red and white one, four-wheel drive, and it was pretty anemic. It had a pretty weak motor. And so my brother, who is a highway patrol and a hot rodder, you know, one and the same, uh, he told me, he said, Steve, he said, find a 460 Ford motor or a 429. He said, they'll boat right up. And if you'll find a good motor, he said, come down, we'll put it in. We'll swap, swap it out. I said, okay. So I bought a motor, a 429, in uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico. Put it in the back of that truck. Got my little girl, Mandy. She was about five at the time. We head to Uvalde. Well, we put the motor in the truck. Everything works well. It run like a scalded ape, just like he said it would. I was very happy. That night, we go to church, all of us. My brother, his family, Mandy and I, 
my mom and dad, they had just moved down there. We come out of church, and here's a big fight going on in the middle of Highway 90 there in Uvalde, right out in front of Emmanuel Baptist Church, 15, 20 people fighting. Well, I grab Mandy and my little nephew, Johnny, and I stick them in the front seat of that truck, and I said, lock the doors. Don't get out. Lock the doors. And then my brother and I run out into the street to try to break this fight up. I mean, you know, I was a game warden. He was a highway patrol. Well, as soon as we flash our badges and start trying to break it up, of course, they turn on us. So now they want to fight us. Well, we're in the middle of all this, and my brother's got hold of the main instigator, and he's hanging on to him. And I look around, and here's my dad. Now he's come out in the street to help us. And, you know, and I'm concerned about him getting a knife stuck in him or something, and I'm trying to watch Daddy. I'm telling Daddy to get back. I'm telling other people to get back, and should have just turned Daddy loose on them. He would have ripped them in half. But trying to protect them, too. And anyway, this one guy, he just wasn't going to let it go, and he just keeps running in. He's going to try to get my brother off the main instigator. I told him several times to stay back. And finally, he, he didn't. And so I just zeroed in on his nose. I just intended to break it and flatten it across his face. As soon as he got into range, wham, I let him have it and cracked him right over the eye and cracked my hand in the process. And he didn't go down as fast as I'd like him to. So I gave him a quick kick where the sun doesn't shine. And down he goes. He's out. City police show up, get everybody arrested. I walk back to the truck. Mandy and Johnny, they're still in the truck, still locked up. Get inside, and Mandy says, Daddy, she said, I saw you punch that guy in the nose. I said, yeah, yeah. And she said, and I saw you kick him. And I said, now, Mandy, don't be telling everybody about that. Just kind of keep that quiet. <laughs> well, we drive home the next day. And Wednesday night, it was on a Monday, Wednesday night, pastor comes to the house. We always had Bible study at our house. And as soon as Brother Vic comes in the door, Mandy says, Brother Vic, says, my daddy got in a fight. Of course, his eyes, but he, you know, I mean, that wasn't that unusual. We were all in law enforcement. And anyway, and she says, he punched a guy in the nose, and then he kicked him, but I can't tell you where. <laughs> but, you know, we need to stay in the truck and lock the doors. Keep the word of God fresh in our mind and the lies of the enemy out. That's where we get in trouble. We let, let the enemy in, and he starts lying to us and deceiving us. And then pretty soon, we're not even believing the word of God. We're believing what he says. It's a bad place to be. In John 10.10, 10, says, The thief, which is the devil, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. Jesus came to give you abundant life. He doesn't want you struggling. That's not his will. He wants you to live in victory. We will have struggles, but we should be victorious over them. Amen? Jesus came to recover and restore back to mankind what Satan lost. See, Say, or Adam was given dominion over the earth. He had authority. He had dominion. He sinned. He gave up his rights to Satan. But when Jesus came, he won those back. 
and he's given us authority. We have authority on this earth. That's what he came for. But we got to take it. We got to believe it and take it. The devil's still trying to block you from receiving what Jesus has done. He's still lying to you. He's still saying it doesn't belong to you. He's still saying you'll never make it. He's still saying God's not happy with you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. We need to stay in him, stay in Jesus and what he's done for you. And you do that by reading his word, by talking to him, studying his word, meditating on his word, walking it out. He is your transportation through this life. In Romans 3.24, says, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of scriptures that talks about in Christ, in him. We have this, we have that. That's where we need to hang out. Being justified freely by his grace. In Romans 6, 11, says, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you can be dead to sin and alive unto Christ. One of the greatest revelations I ever had, because I was raised in church, but it wasn't a grace-based church, to be honest. You know, we were raised to think that God was just waiting to whack us when we did something wrong. But about 15 years ago, I learned the difference. See, grace, God's unmerited favor, that's what the gospel is all about. That word gospel, it's the nearly too good to be true news. That's what that means. The nearly too good to be true. But it is true. It is true. See, he paid for all of your sins. He has paid for them. He knew what you would do before you ever did it. And he still chose to die for you. That is such an awesome message. And when I learned that, when I really understood that, it didn't make me think, okay, well, he's paid for everything, I can go do what I want to. No, just the opposite. I was so grateful and so thankful because I know my sins. I know things that I couldn't forgive myself of. But he forgave me. That changed me. That changed me. When you truly understand grace, you will be so thankful you don't want to go sin. you got to understand that. Romans 8, 2 says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. You know, if you're a born-again believer, that you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that's who lives inside of you. So you can't sit there and say, oh, I'm so weak, I can't do this, I can't do that. I can't get victory in this area or that area. That's not right. You have the power that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of you. That's who you are as a believer. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. See, when you receive Jesus, it's your spirit that's born again. You're a three-part being, spirit, soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and your body. It's your spirit that was born again. That's how come God can look at a born-again person 
So I, I don't want to impute any sins to them. You know, he, he sees you as spotless because your spirit has become one with him. And it's such a beautiful message. I hope y'all grab that. It says your spirit, is, or uh, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know, on this earth, things will pass away. I lost my dad on April the 1st. Man, I don't know what's the matter with me today. I've had a tough time with that. But you know, the thing I miss about my dad, I could call him up and just ask him questions. You know, Daddy, I, you know, the cars broke down. What do you think? Because he is always working on cars, and he knew a lot. Or, you know, what do you think about, you know, investing in this? Or, you know, what should I do here? You know, what what's your wisdom over here? Or what's the weather like? Or, you know, what are y'all doing tomorrow? I want to come see you. I can't do that anymore. You know, our earthly fathers will pass on at some point. But our everlasting father will never pass on. There will never be a time that you can't reach out to him, ever. He's always there, always there. His presence and his kingdom are everlasting. They are everlasting. I hope you all grab that. He's always there for you. In 2 Corinthians 5, 19, we see where God the Father was when Jesus was going through the cross. He was there with him. It says God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. See, God didn't turn his back on Jesus. Even when Jesus took our sins on his body, when he took our sicknesses and pains on his body, when he was doing those things for us, God's right there with him. You can't separate them. You can't separate them. And then we see in John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the only way to the Father is through Jesus. There is no other way. It's not about being good. It's not about doing a hundred confessions a day or it's not about praying for three hours. No, it's simple faith in what Jesus has done. That's what changes you. Our bottom line today, Jesus is an everlasting Father that meets your every need right now forevermore. You'll never be without him. You'll never be without him. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.